A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Welcome home everyone. Welcome home my siblings, brothers and sisters, everyone on-site and online. Happy Advent to all of you. Alright, so like to, before we start uh, our Sunday worship at uh, Free Community Church today, let us welcome and greet and send our love to one another online and on-site, right? By turning around, you know, if it's COVID, COVID measures don't not stopping us from like shaking hands, hugging and uh, giving each other warmth and smiles. So let's do that in this season of the Advent where we await hope, you know, await joy and our salvation. So I was rest, uh, reflecting on the season of Advent and what it might mean to me, you know, from now until Christmas, all right? And it's, oftentimes we grow up like um, over the years, you know, uh, Advent is a season of waiting. Even for, for, for non-religious people, waiting for Christmas to happen, long holidays, gifts exchange, gatherings, and for us, you know, like a celebration, you know, like of our faith and, and our Lord. But what do we do in our preparation to, for, for in this Advent season, right? Waiting for Christmas to come. I think oftentimes, are you shopping for things, consuming, buying things, and, and just cooking meals and social gatherings? Or uh, just really some people are just passively waiting, sitting back and just like, okay, Lord, it's just another holiday, let's wait for things to happen. But I think our faith requires us, teaches us, invites us to learn what is active um, and proactive anticipation. There is work in holding fast and holding on to hope. And that is reflected in the scripture that John the Baptist shouted out in Isaiah 40 um, verse 3, which I read earlier, make straight the way in the desert. All, right? All each of us uh, are given opportunity during this season, all right? not just to make straight the way in the, within our hearts, but also in this world right? for one another. So as we come together as a community to participate in the making straight of the way for our Lord, giving praise and glory to God. Let us join together all right, in responding to the call to worship to prepare our hearts. May I invite all of us to rise and ascend in body and spirit. Drawn by God's presence, we, we gather. gather. Inspired by God's spirit, we, we worship. worship. Empowered by God's grace, we live. We live. We are community. Embraced, embraced by, by the mystery of God's love for all creation. We are a community that looks for the light of Christ. The light that shines in every time, every place, and every life. Within this dynamic community, we foster connections and experiences that bring meaning to life and help us face the issues of the day. Together, we strive to live with loving hearts Open, open minds and hands extended to all. Welcome home. Amen. Amen. Let us join now with the worship team for a time of worship.
of a savior with the heart of the father you're all we need you're here with the hands of the healer with the power of your spirit you're all we need
Will you pray with me? God of holy arrivals and perfect timing. Advent is a time for us to prepare for the arrival of your precious Son. A time for us to understand and to experience again the enormity, the grace of Emmanuel. God with us. Jesus is your greatest gift to us, a sign of your love, that everlasting love. Yet we sometimes forget what Advent preparation is about. Christmas in our society tends towards indulgence, decor, gifts, rich food, but the arrival of the Messiah God, by contrast, is true abundance disguised by the impression of scarcity. Train our eyes, God, to see through the rough stable, the adolescent mother, the anxious escaped to Egypt, so we may see in that poverty and powerlessness the wonder of God's abundant life and grace coming down to dwell among us. Advent is a time for you to act in us, through us, beyond us, more than we can imagine. Because newness is on its way among us. Advent is preparation for the demands of newness that will break the tired patterns of fear in our lives. So living God, visit us in this season with your Holy Spirit that we may get carried away to do obedient things we have not yet done, kingdom things we did not think 
we had in us. Neighbour things from which we cringe. As we wait and prepare for the arrival of Emmanuel again, may you act in us, through us, beyond us, more than we can imagine, so that the world may truly know joy on earth. Amen.
Good morning, everyone. Um, as you know, our church uh, uses Menti uh, to engage with our audience. So we, I would love it if you can uh, open your smartphone or on your computer, go to um, fcc.li, that's L-I, slash Menti. That would take you directly to today's Menti. Or you can go to menti.com and enter the code or scan the QR code. Okay, so three ways to get on to today's Menti. So thank you very much for those of you who are doing so. So for the sermon series leading up to Christmas, uh, we will consider how not to Christmas. So um, how not to get ready, how not to repent, how not to be great, and how not to save the world. So this season is known as Advent which means arrival. Now, we typically associate Advent with the first coming of Christ. So a baby in a manger, angels, wise men, shepherds, and so on. But Advent is also a time when we consider another coming of Christ, often referred to as the second coming. And that is the central topic of our scripture text today. So let us pray. O oh God, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear what you are saying to us today. Amen. So listen to the word of God from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 24, verses 36 to 44. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like the day, like, the, like it was in Noah's day. Now in those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. And that is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. So you too must keep watch for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Now understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. 
Now the word of the Lord. <laughs> Now the mood of the passage is telling the reader to be ready, to be watchful, because Jesus might return any day. Now these verses have often been used to scare people into believing in God. It appears to be describing the end times when Jesus returns to judge the world. It has often been called the rapture, during which some or all God's people will be taken away, and those left behind would go through a period known as the Great Tribulation, a time of great hardship, including disasters, famine, war, pain, and persecution. But this kind of teaching not only gives people a wrong image of God, but also fills believers with a sense of dread. We become anxiously vigilant, worried about our salvation and those of others. We're afraid of being left behind or leaving behind loved ones who have not accepted Jesus as their savior. And this is a kind of、uh, getting ready that is exhausting. Is waiting with fear and anxiety. So, if this is not the way to get ready, then is there another kind of getting ready? Now, biblical prophecies usually have two dimensions. They not only describe what's to come, but also what was happening at the time. So, this image is probably familiar because it was in Pauline's sermon.、Um, but it's a reconstructed model of what the Second Temple. Could have looked like during Jesus' time. Now Matthew was likely writing during 80 A.D., which is about 10 years after the devastation inflicted by the Roman Jewish War that led to the fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of the Second Temple. And this photo shows what remains of the wall today. Now the photos were taken at our church trip to Israel in 2018. And it remains a somber place for Jews who mourn the destruction of the temple, which was never rebuilt. And Matthew recalled the prophecies about the Son of Man to the fragile Christian community who emerged from the cataclysmic war. So, how does one live after what seemed like the end of the world? How does one live after what seemed like the end of the world? So perhaps the message to us is similar: unexpected tragedies can happen at any moment. The slide's gone. Okay. <laughs> okay. So、um, you can、uh, see them on your phone, I believe, if you go to Menti. Okay. So you can go there. All right. So、uh, unexpected tragedies can happen at any moment. So in the middle. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> This is not that tragic, okay, in the grand grand scheme of things. <laughs> so, but in the middle of enjoying our lives,、um, a flood could come, right, and disrupt what we take for granted,、uh, our normalcy. We could experience unemployment, sickness, an accident, and so on. The life of a loved one or an important relationship could be taken away or severed, and we might experience、uh, physical or emotional harm or violation, a loss of our safety. Right? So something being stolen, something precious might be taken from us or lost or destroyed.
So those three things, right? Floods, taken away, and having something stolen. And now these are not signs of judgment, but part of the human condition. So Christmas at age 16 felt like my end of the world. So after years of being the responsible and uh, studious kid and a leader in the church youth group, my health collapsed and I felt burned out. My parents left me alone. They didn't know what to do and they didn't seem to care. I withdrew from everyone. I stopped doing schoolwork and I failed a subject um, and I did not graduate with my cohort. And I couldn't imagine a future. So now it's your turn. So what has felt like the end of the world for you? What has come to you in an un unexpected way? What was a, a tragedy that came to you unexpectedly? What was something that caught you by surprise? So you can think about those three kinds of ends of the world, right? A loss of normalcy, what felt like normal, a loss of relationship, a loved one that was taken away, or an important relationship that, was, um, that came to an end, um, or maybe a loss of safety, uh, emotionally, uh, phys physically. Okay. So I see some things that are about um, end of, um, you know, like family members that have passed away, um, Difficult relationships. Family that has run away due to safety issues. Having to repeat um, school, yeah, which is what happened to me. <laughs> um, breakups, yep. Yeah, several, several results, yeah, several responses like that. Um, disappointing results from PSLE. Losing a promotion. Thank you so much for sharing with us. So just as tragedies often show up unexpectedly, so Jesus also shows up unexpectedly in them. So at Jesus' first coming, he defied people's expectations of who the Messiah was and what he came to do. Now, people thought that he came to lead a violent revolt, but instead, he modeled uh, peaceful protests, and he gave his life for his people. So likewise, Jesus may come when we least expect him to and do something surprising and amazing. So during the, the summer after that difficult school year, I attended a youth retreat where uh, we signed up for counseling sessions with a pastor. And during the session, I remember just crying and crying while he sat there with me. And at the end, he asked if I wanted a hug. Um, and sometime into the embrace, I realized that he wasn't going to let go until I was ready. And that was how Jesus showed up for me that day. He reminded me that he will always hold on to me as long as I need it. Now, this doesn't mean that you should go around hugging people unless you have their trust and consent. <laughs> so the point is that maybe there isn't one big second coming, but many small second comings. 
So after uh, the great flood that was described in Genesis, God placed a rainbow in the sky to signify God's promise to never destroy the world again. And likewise, Jesus can come to you like a rainbow after the flood, giving signs that only you would understand of his never-ending commitment. Also, Jesus assured his disciples that after he uh, left them, after resurrection, he would send the Holy Spirit. And likewise, Jesus reminds you that in the absence of that special relationship, that person that was taken, that um, important person that, um, that was severed, right? He would send his Holy Spirit to comfort and guide you. Also, Jesus calls himself the gate who keeps out the thief so that his sheep can sleep in peace. And those um, bad memories of having been violated, having been uh, made on, to feel unsafe, um, those bad memories will fade with time. And uh, as you, you know, just keep that thought, you know, of Jesus being there to protect you like a gate. We can look forward to the comings of Jesus, not with anxious dread, but with openness to be delightfully surprised like a child opening a present on Christmas. So my next question to you is, how has Jesus come to you unexpectedly? So maybe it was a person showed up in your life. Something happened, um, an event that happened. Maybe it was a special place uh, where Jesus showed up for you. So this is an opportunity for you to just reflect and to give praise to God you know, publicly, (laughs) anonymously, but publicly. Um, How have you experienced signs of promise of God's presence and of God's protection? Yeah, oftentimes uh, I see responses here of friends, pastors, um, dreams and visions. It's beautiful. Seeing the light when there was darkness and despair. Sending his Holy Spirit to speak to me and looking for SCC and allowing to find, me to find my way back to God. Um, words that are read, yeah. It's loving presence through walks in nature. That's really nice. Um, yeah, when I cursed out at him, <laughs> okay. <laughs> in inexplicable lucky instances. I think for me it's also like answer prayers too. Schoolmate, yeah, I see a lot of these responses about how, you know, God has used other people to, um, to come to you. Miracles visions and voice. When I accepted what was, uh, what was and realized I would still be okay. Yeah.
checking up on me randomly when I was a very low point. Yep, that happened to me as well. So, yeah. <clears throat> Things working out miraculously, healing, opportunities, helping me to control my thoughts, actions, and emotions, and turning my anger into compassion. Yeah, these are wonderful responses. Thank you very much for sharing. And praise to God. So God um, doesn't just doesn't engineer tragedies. Okay, God doesn't engineer tragedies, but God can use them to shake us out of our comfort zones. So floods, floods cleanses us of frivolous distractions. Death sobers us to consider what matters. And we are robbed of the false gods that we rely on instead of God. So this Christmas, Jesus is robbing you. But he is replacing what he has stolen with something better. So being robbed of my mental and physical health revealed how much I based my self-worth um, on my accomplishments and success at school and in church. So I was no longer able to, pro to project a facade of self-sufficient competence. And neither God nor I were at fault for the suffering. It was a consequence of never learning how to name feelings and believing that one should never show weakness. So I thought that it was enough to keep things between God and me. But eventually I realized I couldn't pray myself into wellness so as I sought out help from professionals and peers, I realized that those were God's means of healing too. So God replaced my false God of self-reliance with the humility to accept help from others. So question back to you is, how has God used your tragedies and disappointments to free you of false securities? So again, think about those three things, right? How floods can cleanse, how having something, having a person taken away can sober you to what's, you know, what's really important, um, how being robbed of your false gods and you know, things that you rely on uh, can help you to, um, you know, to be, for God to replace that with, uh, with something that's really enduring, something that lasts. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe it's an insight that you gained um, from, from these, you know, tragedies and disappointments. Uh, maybe you gained clarity about something in your life, or you learned something new about yourself. So he let me know that no one single thing defines me. I am loved and that I'm someone who can love unselfishly. When I felt I lost everything, it was only then that when I realized God's love for me was unconditional. Again, God of love, yes. He's made me realize that self-worth comes from uh, internal healing and not external accomplishments. Letting go and letting God lead what matters most in life uh, instead of running after material gains. Yep. Uh, learning not to place all my trust in one other person and stop being codependent. You cannot, 
I think that means please everyone and learn to give up on things. Um, to fully trust God and what she has in store for me. Teaching me to be humble. Yeah, wrong way to go, yep. <laughs> Self-worth is not based on people's approval. I did not get an important job offer. Turns out the next job was so much better and meaningful. So I guess just being patient and, um, and waiting. God is okay with every, everything and anything. It helped me to examine and face the unhealthy and maladaptive patterns in life and relationships, okay? Great insights. I can be alone and I'll be fine because God is with me, even if my mother isn't. Learning that what I've created um, as idols I depend on, trusting in Him, we use a living God, learning that being HIV positive is okay, uh, as it taught that I have a blessed life. Yeah, there is, there is life after what feels like the end of the world, okay? I hope that, um, that you know, many of you seem to have realized that, right? Reflecting on priorities, setting me on a path of healing and growth beyond just recovering. All right, thank you so much. Um, so to summarize, um, the passage shows us three kinds of events that can feel like the end of the world. They disrupt our sense of normalcy, they sever relationships, and they threaten our safety. However, Jesus can unexpectedly appear and remind us of his promise, his presence, and his protection. And finally, God can also use these tribulations to clarify what is important. So as we gain more and more security in God's love, we can wholeheartedly love God, our neighbors, and ourselves. So here are four suggestions, four practical suggestions for practicing love this holiday season. So before you attend that office party, pray that God will direct you to someone who needs to have a conversation beyond small talk. As you wrap a present, pray a blessing for the recipient. Instead of buying new stuff, you can do a group re-gift exchange. Uh, now I have fine-tuned a gift swap game over the years that optimizes happiness. People getting what they actually want, right? Because sometimes these gift swap things, you, you end up with something that's like you don't want, okay? So I'm happy to share the instructions. All right, and then also join us at next week's um, ACE after church event, uh, where we're going to take some time to uh, thoughtfully write Christmas cards instead of just dashing off a generic greeting. Now, this, now, the Christmas season can be stressful with expectations and the pressure to be cheerful. Now, it's okay to take care of yourself uh, by keeping functions simple or by turning down invitations. And also, if uh, you're in a place of sadness or loss, um, don't pretend to be happy. You can just keep watch for Jesus to come to you where you are and as you are. One last question, <laughs> okay? So what is one way that you can do Christmas differently this year? 
So how can you, right, in your life circumstances, uh, show God's love in a tangible way, right? So just as Jesus has come to you unexpectedly, surprisingly, amazingly, how can you maybe, you know, show God's love, right, to someone? What might you need to say no to? Uh, What might you need to say yes to? Maybe there's a new tradition that you can start this year. So, yeah, how might Jesus want to use you to show up with someone? So being attentive, yeah. Showing up for people doing Christmas alone for the first time, okay. So, yeah, that requires awareness, right, of, like, the people around you and what, you know, how they're doing and um, whether they're alone this year. Uh, Being present, listen more to people, yep, yep. Uh, looking out for those who have no family. So, yeah, just being sensitive to that, visiting the underprivileged, going outside rather than stay inside. I wish my son would do that. <laughs> uh, intangible gifts, um, appreciate and reconcile. Yeah, the second one's kind of hard sometimes, but yeah, Christmas is a time when often people get, come together when we've not seen each other for a while. Um, sorry, things are moving. Uh, I, I love to spend time in the present, listening to others in a non-judgmental way. Meditate, practice mindfulness, uh, being less sad about mom's death on this day, Go, going outside, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Spending more time with people who matter most, yep. So just being, um, yeah, having clarity about what really matters. Now, not about stuff, right? It's about the relationships. But that can also be tough, right? Some relationships can be very difficult. Reaching out to friends who may be in need of emotional support, spending more time with family, be happy. Yes, if you're in a place where you are feeling very happy, please be happy. <laughs> Learning to love yourself more and don't go to go party, okay? Uh, serving full-time on Christmas Day and safe staying at home is a family tradition, okay? <laughs> yeah, saying yes to some things and no to some things, right? Actively discern how I choose to invest my time in the gatherings and activities to bring about good for myself and others. So, yeah, thank you so much for just being, you know, reflecting and thinking about um, how you might do things differently. All right, so there is an end of the world that's coming for each of us individually, okay? All of us, each each of us. So as a rock climber, one of the scariest things is doing a lead fall because it can be quite a big drop before the rope catches uh, the last place um, protection. So, I mean, the diagram on the right shows, you know, a fall of like about 30 meters. The most I've fallen is like 10, okay? So it's not that bad, but still, it's scary. So I, sometimes I wonder if death, right? This end of the world that all of us will go through is the ultimate letting go and trusting the ultimate belayer. So whether the end comes for you tomorrow or in 40 years, Know that Jesus is holding the other end of the rope. So the message of Christmas from today's scripture is this. 
we can be ready for anything because Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. So as you think about the end of the world that you fear, that you dread, that causes you anxiety, remind yourself of this truth. I can be ready for anything because Jesus is Emmanuel. I can be ready for anything because Jesus is with me. So I like to play uh, the song, Emmanuel. It's written and sung by Michael Card. And uh, just two notes about the song we're about to hear, okay? So the first is that the lyrics are based on the scripture passages, which is written in a patriarchal culture. So God is referred to in the song as he. And the second thing is, uh, there's a line here that's repeated. If God is with us, who can stand against us? So um, this should not be interpreted as like a militant, kind of like us versus them, okay? So instead, this, this uh, phrase, and actually most of the, uh, the lyrics from this song is taken from Romans 8. So it includes this promise that neither life, death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So now we get to hear the song. Oh, sorry. We're going to pray and then we will hear the song. Okay, so pray with me. <clears throat> Come, Lord Jesus. We are alert and eager for your many second comings in our lives and in our world. Rob us of our false sense of security so that you can give us freedom to love wholeheartedly. Remind us that nothing, not even death, can separate us from your love. In Jesus' name, amen. A sign shall be given, a virgin will conceive, a human baby bearing undiminished deity. The glory of the nations, a light for all to see, and hope for all who will embrace his warm reality. Oh 
Thank you, Wendy, for that um, sermon and the reminder that although life can be difficult, we will all encounter trials and tribulations as we go through life. But Jesus promises, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And Jesus is especially present with us in this meal of communion. So as we gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. When Jesus sat at tables and broke bread with the tax collectors, lawyers, rich elites, and poor peasants, he proclaimed that God's radical love and abiding presence knows no bounds. Through these occasions of sharing food, every person experienced God and shared in God's kingdom. A kingdom where all are welcome, all are worthy, and all are invited. A kingdom where lives are transformed and empowered and, and the, the fruits, fruits of, of God's, God's gentle justice bloom throughout creation. All people, including each of us, are invited to share in this sacred meal of celebration 
and be strengthened by the presence of God in this place. We remember, we remember that, that Jesus fed 5,000 hungry people with five loaves of bread and two fish. At this miraculous meal, there was such an abundance that everyone ate until they were full, and there were even 12 baskets of food left over. Holy God, we celebrate your abundant care and solidarity revealed in this meal. We remember that while sharing a meal with Pharisees, Jesus welcomed a woman viewed as an outsider. As the woman anointed his feet with oil, Jesus declared her dignity before everyone at the meal. Holy God, we celebrate your gracious inclusiveness revealed in this meal. At these meals, Jesus and all his disciples resisted the divisions, injustice, and violence of society. They, they lived out instead the kingdom, the kingdom of God, a place, a place of love, justice, and mutuality. But we also recognize that not all people liked Jesus' ministry. For some people, it was scandalous. They said, they said look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. When his arrest seemed near, Jesus ate a meal in an upper room with the disciples. As he had done so many times before, he took bread, and after having given thanks to you, holy God, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, this time saying, Do this to remember me. After the meal, he shared the wine, gave thanks, and said, I will not drink from this cup again until I drink it with you in the kingdom of God. May I now invite the stewards to come forward to distribute the elements. For those of you who are watching us at home, now would be a very good time to get your own elements to represent the bread and the wine. If you're new with us, please hold on to the elements when you receive them we will all partake together.
Jesus was then unjustly killed by the systems of domination of his day. To some of his frightened disciples, it seemed that the bread symbolized his broken body and the wine his blood. God, God the, the kingdom, kingdom of God, God persisted and persists today through the, through the many people who seek to be your resurrection community. Holy God, in the sharing of this bread and wine, we joyfully celebrate the hope-inspiring ministry and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let us partake of the elements together. May I invite you to stand in body or in spirit and join me in the prayer of communion. Together. Gracious God, may this meal be for us an Emmaus meal where we encounter your presence in the sharing of this food as the disciples did at their meal in Emmaus. May the sharing of this food be a taste of your kingdom, holy God, so we may be strengthened to be your joyful and hopeful disciples. And, and may, may we share in your kingdom, kingdom of love, justice, and mutuality with those around us. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. Welcome home once again, everyone. And thank you, Wendy, for the sermon earlier. There's a lot to unpack and there's a lot, definitely food for the journey during this Advent season for me. And thank you, David, for leading us through communion, all right, sharing of the Lord's meal. So I'm uh, Jimmy, your service leader for today. Welcome home, everybody online and on site. All right, well, uh, wonderful to have all of you here in God's house. All right. For those who are first time or the first few times joining us, welcome home too, and we'd like to get to know you better and keep in touch with you. All right, please visit fcc.ly slash welcome or simply scan the QR code so that you can just fill out the form so that we can reach out to you to invite you to our newcomers meeting on the 18th of December, all right, after the service. If you have any questions, like you need to find out more about this gathering or how you can like, uh, further connect with the church, uh, and need more information, please go to info at freecomchurch.org. Next, we move on to worshipping God all right, as a community through our uh, giving, offering. All right. So, um, as many of you have already known, like, we have two bucket, buckets of fund. The general fund that goes into the, the salary and uh, operations and day, uh, running of the church, and then the building fund. All right, that goes down to paying the, uh, the mortgage of the church. So, as mentioned in the last few weeks, right, there has been a lot of you know like upheaval in economics, right, in the economy. Especially many of you, if you are servicing a house loans, you know that interest are going up. So, if you are able to continue to give to a building fund, it will help us, you know, to continue to pay down a lot more, and then we have to pay a lot lesser to the system out there that's taking the interest. All right. So now is the time that you can actually take out your phone, all right, to scan a QR code, or you can set up a regular payment, uh, giving and offering through credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. Those of you who are giving physically, like through check and cash, you can just simply raise a hand, and the stewards will come forward to you um, at the end of the prayer. So I'd like to invite everyone online and on site 
So join me together in heart, with one heart and spirit for the prayer of thanksgiving. Dear God, life giver, Emmanuel, you have always been with us in our hearts and in our lives, showing up in this community for one another when we come together to worship you, to comfort each other, to be a voice and advocate for one another. We thank you for the blessings you have poured into our lives, pouring, pouring the blessings we have received through our loved ones and one another. So with this evening and offerings, we give them back to the community. We lift them up into your hands so that our kingdom, your kingdom, O oh God, Maybe realize that shalom will come into this world and all will be made whole. So God, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alright, may I invite the students to come forward to take up the offering. Next, we have announcements. So, it's some excitement, alright, this afternoon. Ah, it's the annual general meeting, alright? So the AGM is happening at 1.30 to 3.30, alright? Everyone is welcome to, to come and attend the AGM, alright? The officially registered and active members of the church will be, given a, will, will be invited, alright? To play your... It's really not invite only, okay? Your responsibility as a member, as family member of this community to vote on the budget, to listen together as a community where we are moving ahead, you know, as a body of Christ in our mission in this world. So it is important, every one of us is important, all right, to, um, at, at this meeting. So at 1.30, we'll be presenting a few things, like what we have achieved so far uh, for, for, the, for this year, all right, what we are looking forward to, the work plan and the calendar that uh, the, the leadership will actually be presenting. Of course, and some up, important updates regarding like renovations, importing, important stuff such as the building, you know, the future of our building and where we are heading to. So, if you are, if you, even if you are not an active and registered member, right, we are, you are all invited to come so that you know that what we are doing, that we are transparent, all right, and then you can also get to see how in the future, right, you can be a part of this community moving forward. All right, so see everyone, you know, at 1.30. There is actually online, so those who are, have registered online, right, to attend online, please remember to go into the call, all right, uh, at 1.30. Next, as mentioned in the past two weeks, right, right, we are preparing for our next year, 20th anniversary book right, of FCC, all right, Free Community Church. Now, so we would like everyone you know, like, to contribute your stories uh, between a, a 300 to 1,000 words with pictures of photos. Right? Many of you, I think, have a lot of photos, a lot of gems. Because like, sometimes during some meetings, right, I've seen photos of like, our leadership right, when they were really young. All right? And that was like, Wow, okay, Thai has been very kind to many of us. <laughs> and so, it's time to celebrate, uh, you know, like what the journey that we have gone through. You know, remembering is an important part of a spiritual journey. That's God. One of the commandments that God always asks His people, to, uh, God's people to do is to remember. Always nagging at Israel, you know, like, remember the time I bring you out of Egypt. Remember the 40 years in the wilderness. Remember when I feed you, when you complain and you're hungry. Alright? So I think this is a time whereby remember, not just celebrating the, the ups and downs in the community, but remember God's faithfulness 
and how far God has brought us to. Alright? So invite all of us to send in the stories and the photos to info at freecomchurch.org by the 31st of December. That's important, 31st of December. So there's enough time for the team to work on the stories and put things together. Alright? Next slide is related to that. If you are a graphic designer, you are interested and you are like a um, graphic artist, alright, uh, visual com artist, alright, we would like to have you on our team, alright, to work as a volunteer, to put things together, to idea and do a creativity um, stuff. Because like, I, I can't do that, alright, but there are many talented folks out here, you can do that, alright. So come and volunteer by going to, by you can just simply, you don't even have to go to the email, just raise your hand, you know, I'll just go to our pastors. We'll be more than happy you know, to speak with you and include you in the team. Next, children ministry, uh, volunteers are needed, alright? Uh, many of the time, like they say, the children are... Uh, in our church, sometimes you may think that it's, they are not seen and not heard, but they are there and they are loved, loved deeply. So, to show our, our children right, that we really love them, can I just say, I love you, then after that, right, like a distant and disconnected parent, I walk away. Right? We need to be involved in the lives of our children. All right? So volunteers are needed. And if you, even if you think like, oh, I don't know whether I got what it takes, just step forward. It takes a willing heart. And the child recognizes that. Children recognize authenticity. All right? When you truly love them, that's all it needs. Okay? So please go to, if you're interested to serve, go to info at freecomchurch.org. Next, we have welcome team. Welcome team is still calling for volunteers. Be part of the welcome team family, all right, so that you can help someone who is new or shy and walks through the door to feel welcome at, at home. So please contact Sean, all right, at the contact number listed on the screen or email to info at freecomchurch.org to find out more. Next, as mentioned during the sermon by Wendy earlier, all right, we have an after-church engagement event. Alright, for the Advent season, that is the Christmas card writing. On the 4th of December, next week at 1.30pm, alright, you are encouraged to bring along, you know, like sometimes we hoarding, uh, we keep a lot of cards. Uh, bring them along and on top of that, if you, don't, you, if you want, you have a lot of people you have to give thanks to, or like, oh, I run out of my Christmas card, do come over here also because we also have our church have a Christmas card prepared for you. And it's a time for you to also to bless the church, all right? By this, everything goes to donation. So maybe I'm a salesperson, ma. so please come. And may, it turned out that, you know, on that day, maybe you're running promotion. Ah. So you come and can get a special package from us to get these sets of Christmas cards, okay? So, but back to the important thing as a spiritual practice, Practicing gratitude, remembering the blessings in our life and the people that are blessings in our life will greatly benefit each one of us because it, it helps us to see that our lives are not so empty after all and there are people who have been around us supporting us all, right, all the time. So it's time for us you know, also to give back you know, our, our love and our thanksgiving to these people. So please come and sign up all right, at free, info at freecomputer.org and I'm sure that you can just simply just turn up with your, your greeting cards, all right? And then we will definitely have space for everyone to practice this spiritual practice of Thanksgiving. Next, lunch kakis. Today, we have Lexi on duty. Lexi, is, you can't really see Lexi because she's seated on a hive. But Lexi can wave and then you all can just like, uh, like the acrobatics behind and then you see Lexi at the back, right? So those who are very new and you are first time visiting or your first few time and you don't really have company for lunch, we have a ministry and we have very friendly, warm uh, and safe people uh, to bring you to yeah, it's a, it's a safe space. Because sometimes, you know, like, 
I feel as a as a gay man, sometimes we are a bit like skeptical, right? Like come here, whether safe or not. Alright, so it really is a safe space. We have people who will chaperone you around. They are trained and they will be our ambassador to you to bring you around for lunch. Alright, so please uh, just approach us. Uh, just stay at the back of the uh, hall, alright, of the sanctuary. And then meet up with Lexi and she will bring you down for lunch. One very important announcement. 25th December, all of you take out your phone and mark your calendars. Alright. Upside down, all right? That is our Christmas celebration um, this year. Who is or not, is not the Christ, all right? And very special, we are preparing two services, all right? One at 10.30 one, uh, for the English service. And then we will break for buffet lunch, all right, at 12.30. Uh, at 2.30, we will kick off with our bilingual that has the uh, Mandarin, I believe, man, man, uh, Mandarin service. So it is a great time for if you have like loved ones, friends, as if friends from overseas, or your family members that doesn't speak English, all right, and they are more comfortable in uh, native language like it's Mandarin. It's time for you to can invite them so that they get to know the community, know the message, you know, hear about the good news and how beloved they are in God's eyes. All right, so join us for a wonderful Christmas celebration, right, on the very Christmas day itself. All right, so please mark your calendars, and if you have more questions, we like uh. Maybe you even you want to volunteer or step forward and how, see how you can help. You can just approach any of the leaders or the church pastors. All right? Lastly, we move on to benediction. I'd like to invite Miak right, to give us the benediction. Miak, please. May I invite you to stand as you are willing and able in body and spirit to receive the benediction. People of God, know that God is with us, Emmanuel. Even in dark times, in our struggles, in the situations that might sweep everything we know away, may you know that God is still with you. God loves you beyond measure and nothing, nothing can separate you from that love. That is a proclamation of Christmas. That is always the promise. May you always look in times of darkness with hope and anticipation for the coming of the light. So go in love and go in peace always. Amen. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. We look forward to seeing you next week. Have a blessed week ahead.